Sweet two. And welcome to the Steelers Depot live stream here on this Monday, July 10th. I am Alex Kazora, as always, here for the next hour as Dave Bryan and I answer your Pittsburgh Steelers questions as soon as I get the stream pulled up on my end. Uh, Dave, is the stream up on your end? Are you here? And how you doing? Yeah, I see it up here. I just muted it, though, so I don't okay. get the feedback and <laughs> sure. all uh, there. Uh, doing fine on, on this Monday. Uh, the burning question, who's going to win the home run derby tonight? There's no pirates in it, right? I don't even know. I know, I know Pete Alonzo's in it, and that's about all I know. Do you know anybody else uh, that are that are in nah, it? No, nah, I just, I mean, I, I've seen them run the ticker across. There's not any pirates in it that I know right. of. Right. I'm not even sure the other names who are participating. It's kind of like the dunk. It's better than the dunk contest because the dunk contest, you just get some guys I've never heard of. The home run derby, right. you kind of get some more notable names. But we are here, and thank you for the 10 people already in the chat as I continue to get set up and get the site up for you guys. So here to answer your Steelers questions, be sure to drop them in the chat. And if you want to send us a super chat and go to the front of the line, you certainly can. No obligation to do so if you guys could at least hit the like button and subscribe to the channel i would really appreciate that and we will dive on in with the questions here starting with lumberzack 94 says hey fellas as things sit right now would either of you be comfortable resigning cam after 2024 this is a scenario assuming he has similar production and no injuries if so for how long and how much just off the top i would be i mean if he's still going strong even though he'd be a 36 at that point, I would not be looking to kick Kim Hayward out if his production is similar and the dude is healthy. In terms of the money, I really couldn't tell you, but it's a guy I want to have as long as I can. Yeah, look, I mean, assuming all those things, I mean, that's two full seasons. I mean, at least, at least, you know, as we pointed out, I don't know, when was it, on a podcast or in, in a post or something like that, uh, the last time that he missed a game due to injury was way back in, what what year did we say that was? Uh, 17? 17, 17 or 16 when he, when he, when he had that, uh, uh, torn pectoral injury and all like that. Uh, now he's what missed, I think, what, what did we determine two games since then, but both those were, I think were week 17 games. Uh, and it was, it was a healthy scratch, get ready for the, for the playoffs type situation, uh, there with him, but man, you know, Two, two seasons, that's a long time. This that's 34 regular season games, mm -hmm. and hopefully we're talking about a couple of couple of playoff games mixed in there as well, too. But, I mean, in a perfect world, uh, stays healthy, stays productive. I mean, I, I don't see why you wouldn't consider it. I'm kind of wondering, though, Alex, uh, when it comes to Hayward, is let's, let's, let's look to, toward uh, 2023. Uh, stays healthy, stays productive somewhere around that 10 sack total, whether it be eight and a half or obviously higher, uh, the better plays at least another 75%, you know, uh, or greater of the snaps. Uh, he's going to be, he's going to consider himself super undervalued mm -hmm. uh, uh, at that point. There'll, there'll probably be a few more contracts to come in across the board of defensive tackles might, Next off season, because he's got it, he's got a pretty pretty chunky uh, cap number in 2024 as well too, which is technically right now scheduled to be the final year of his contract. Do you consider maybe next off season signing him to let's say a two year extension, right. and then 
and then you know a the byproduct of that should be his cap number coming down a little bit uh you obviously up him a little bit in the average yearly value category make it a little bit more respectable and then really then at that point the plan would be you know uh the the what three more seasons i guess at, at you know a total mm-hmm. of three more seasons past 2023 at that point so i really think that this 2023 season really holds holds the key as to cam hayward's uh you know potential future past the end of this current contract i i really think there's a decent chance if he stays healthy stays productive uh and yada yada that perhaps there's a chance maybe we could be talking about an extension next off season. I think you said it well. I think that's probably the more relevant and likely question. I know Cam had said, a, did he say a couple months ago, three more years? I guess that would include 2023. So playing through 2025, I, don't, I mean, no one's, you know, holding him to that. It's all dependent on a million factors, but that, I think that was kind of the first time he had set a timetable for how much longer he wants to go. Yeah, look, and if you at next next off season, if you signed him to a two year extension, uh, you, you would obviously, you know, obviously you'd like to see him play out all three years, but at the very minimum, you'd like to get the next two years out of him uh, at, at, at that point there. So uh, I think if there's going to be talk about, you know, once again, we'll see how 2023 goes for him, but if he you know stays healthy and productive, eight and a half sacks or or, you know, thereabouts and, you know, stays on the field and doesn't miss, you know, any games due to injury. I, I I think that could be potentially something we're talking about next summer. And Jeremy Nelson says, re-sign Cam for whatever he wants dude is a 100% stealer. And I agree with you. I think Cam really embodies everything it means to be a stealer, both on and off the field. Uh, David Kapoor says, is Dave going to the Vegas game? You going out there like that week three to Vegas Steelers, Dave? Uh, no, I'll be covering <laughs> it right here from uh, this chair in my uh, in the Metroplex here. There you so, go. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like big crowds, and and obviously we'll have work to do covering the game yep. and all like that. So, uh, no, I mean, but I, look, I mean, it's going to be packed here with Steelers fans. You know, it 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 really is, and uh, it's going to be exciting to to see uh, Steeler Nation, you know, really take over Vegas. I, I would imagine it'd probably be a, a pretty solid 50-50 split, you know, uh, in the fan bases there uh, at at the stadium there uh, for that game. Mike Adesso says, so who from Steelers Depot will be at camp this year? I'm driving up from Miami again this year, praying not to get rained out for Friday night lights like last year. Any other days I should go. Uh, to, to the latter question, the first day in pads, which is now, I think, the fifth day of practice. I'll have to go back and double check the schedule. It's been tweaked over the years, but I believe it's day five. It's always a really fun, intense one. When you guys can finally hit and release some of that anger and frustration under that hot Latrobe sun. Uh, I'll be there. Tim Rice will be there for about the first 10 days. I'm not sure who else may be there. Potentially Dr. Mel. I think she'll be there. Maybe some others like Josh Carney, but I know... Me and Tim uh, will definitely be there to start training camp. Yeah, I think Josh tries to get out there a time or two, and David O probably show right. up out there, there for 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 uh, you know a couple of the practices and all. So, and and you know I think Dr. Mel's talking about going out there this year. So yeah, there'll be there'll be some depot people floating around out there. 
Uh, Jared Mayock says, thanks for the Q&A, fellas. We're spoiled by the great off-season content generated by the hardworking Depot crew. What do you think of the Paul Skeens pick? Can't wait to see him in the rotation. A little Buckos action there, number one pick. His time just about 24 hours ago. Uh, quick thoughts there. I was leaning preferring Dylan Cruz over uh, Skeens, but I was good with either the uh, top LSU guys, so I think either one is just fine uh, by me. Man, I didn't know who hardly any of those guys were until until the, until the College World Series, really. You know, because uh, watched you know, obviously a little bit of that, and ob- before that, obviously there was the talk about uh, the two LS- LSU guys. You know, one of them potentially being the Pirates' uh, uh, first round pick. Uh, man, yeah. You can't go wrong with pitching, I don't think. And well, you know, obviously, I don't know a lot about about Skeens there, but I mean, it seems like he might be the real deal. And you hear some of the you know quote unquote experts talk and saying he's just a maybe a hair below kind of can't miss type prospect. But we all know there's you know you you can't predict that kind of stuff. But uh, pitching, give me pitching. I just worry about the arm injury. One injury can change the whole career, but yeah, it's hard to be too mad about arguably the best player and certainly the best pitcher in the draft. Captain Spartan 04, what would y'all's thoughts be on adding Antoine Winfield Jr. in free agency next year? Be cool to have family legacy guys and Tomlin did coach his dad. Dave, your thoughts on adding Antoine Winfield Jr.? Boy, he's a guy that I stalked quite a bit prior to that year's <laughs> draft and you know because of the ties and because i think you know uh i don't know what was it visits or tomlin at uh around them at uh forget what it was mm-hmm. uh but they they definitely had kind of uh ties to him and and that year i could have really you know seen him be in play uh uh for for the steelers so uh i mean obviously you'll have to see what happens this year with injuries and 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 you know uh how some of these veterans uh do and all like that but i you know i think it's plausible as we sit here you know this far out right now you know without a doubt i think uh they like him and i think they could uh with, with the past interest that they've shown in shown in him and as we've seen in the past in this kind of situations here they 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 have no problem circling back to some of those guys that you know were kind of on several of our short list and all like that of, of, of players that they might draft so uh I, i'll just end it at this I, I you know i think it's a plausible type situation there when it comes to him yeah it's a it's a fair thought i hadn't watched this game too much in tampa bay if he could be slot can he play strong safety is he is he and he's a hitter is he big enough do you think dave to play in the box uh potentially uh i haven't you know once again you know obviously covering the steelers you don't get all that much time to to look elsewhere but it, it seems like he's played pretty well overall yeah so and, and he he could potentially be a a, a a box player yeah and definitely some work in the slot i think and maybe you know he, he can wear a lot of hats there's versatility in his game and yeah we'll see if Tampa bay can afford him they just paid what davis and dean this offseason so they got some money tied up in that secondary so it's a fair thought, but it is a, you know just less than a year away, and who the heck knows what will happen by then. John Pennington, hello, Dave and Alex. Who do you guys think will be a surprising cut that's not on your radar, and will Tomlin open up the passing offense? I mean, if I give an answer, he's kind of on my radar, so it's hard to, to give a name. Um, I don't think they'd be shocks, but I think guys like Isaiah Loudamoke, Trey Norwood, those third-year guys are really kind of bubble players entering the year that probably aren't thought about too often 
when it comes to potential cuts, but those are guys that I think need to have good summers in order to secure the roster spot. Yeah, as far, I mean, you've got a lot of those kind of middle of the road guys that, you know, uh, that would be shocks, you know, Montravius Adams, Gunnar Olszewski, uh, Milk, Norwood, uh, those kind of guys. So uh, who would be, who would be a shocker? Uh, I know you, you know, floated it, Levi Wallace occasionally. I know you're not saying I, that, but I, yeah, I'm not saying I, I just, I think that's an outlier that, you know, if, if things go a certain way in camp and, and maybe these younger kids start step, but, but, you know, then again, you know, you got a guy with experience. Like the, the, the key factor there is if, if Wallace gets passed by, by a couple of these young guys and he's yeah. not a special teams asset, that's really where it hurts them the most. But on the flip side, you like to have as many guys as possible that have experience. He, you know, he obviously, uh, you know, ha- has some NFL experience and specifically a year in Pittsburgh last year, though. Uh, he would be the one that, that, I would throw out there that would cause the most that obviously would get the most pushback in there. And once again, I'm not saying he's going to be, I'm just saying that if it happened, remember who talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. But I mean, any, anybody else on this roster, I mean, uh, it, obviously if, if you were to put a 53 man roster together prediction right now, you'd have a good, you know, your final five or six spots would include, you know, probably eight or nine names that you're trying to decide on there. But uh, I don't think there's really overall would be a huge surprise from, from, I don't know, Zach Gentry, you know, maybe he's a guy that you get deeper into this thing and maybe you need a roster spot and, and, and Washington has a great summer and not a shock though. I wouldn't call that a shock. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people, I think, right now would have them on their 53-man roster. Sure. Yeah, I got you. you. But know, I think when, so, when they draft Washington, it kind of says, okay, Gentry, your role is going to be reduced. Right. So, you know, if you want a couple of names that probably might be a tad bit more questionable than than what the masses have, maybe those two names. I have another question for you, but before I ask that, I want to ask you guys to hit the like button. would really appreciate that, bringing more uh, Steelers Nation into this chat. I want to say hello to the people that have popped in with Joey Jr., Steel Pastor, Frank, and Boss Una. I appreciate you guys being there. Also, Allie Howard is uh, back in the chat as well. Will every free agent signing that Omar Khan made this summer make the 53-man roster, Dave? Because under Kevin Colbert, it always was, besides Kevin Barlow, all the guys he signed would make the roster. Will that happen under Omar Khan and all the additions this year? Uh, and I think that stats per, per mostly related to the first to the the first key turning point when 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 uh, unrestricteds no longer count against the compensatory. Isn't it something related to that? Because obviously they've had ads in the offseason after what you're talking about is you're talking that those the, 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 yeah, the, the first prime, wave the before right. before the comp period ended, I guess I'm, I'm saying here. Yeah. Before uh, the draft. Man, I, I I would think so from where we sit, right? You know, I, may, maybe the most questionable one would be, or or two might be, you know, either or, you know, Fahoko or Watts right. for, for, 
for, for whatever reason, because both those guys are cheap. You don't have, you know, a lot of guaranteed money tied up in them. But uh, that said, the addition of those two, two seem to be strategically specific, uh, especially with, a you know, them, them going on and, 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 and drafting a young defensive tackle and Keanu Benton. Uh, and obviously we don't have a track record on Omar, but, you know, typically, typically, when these when they sign guys, you know, in that first wave there, uh, before unrestricted free agents no longer count against a compensatory uh, formula, those guys normally stick. Right. We'll see if it continues, but it is a hefty number of players coming in, and you know, I, I think there's a chance there that one of those guys becomes the exception. Uh, Mike Adesso says Connor Hayward a possible cut. I know we're not allowed to say this, but I think it's possible. You're allowed to say, put it out there. We'll see. I, I disagree, but we'll go into camp and see what happens. And his the, 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 mm-hmm. the his ability to his special teams ability is something that uh, is going to really really help him first and foremost. Second of all, uh, and it'll be interesting to watch. Obviously, once you get into camp, once once they get into camp in the preseason, there is is how much transition do they do, do they do with him uh, to to more of that fullback h-back role you know uh kind of within it because but but on top of it he's still a guy even if he you know the more majority of his i don't think his snaps are going to go up uh tremendously on offense in fact he might play a, a, a tick uh fewer offensive snaps overall but he is a guy when you do put him out there on offense that we we saw you can split him out and 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 and, and do some things with him that way there uh look he is uh 89 times the special teams player that Zach Gentry is. Right. You know, uh, now on the flip side, you're not going to put Gentry. I mean, you're not going to put uh, Connor Hayward uh, as few times as possible as the end of the line of scrimmage type, you know, tied in mm-hmm. uh, with that. Whereas you, you, you'd be more apt obviously to put Gentry there. So uh, I would consider them, uh, I would consider Connor Hayward not making the 53-man roster as a huge surprise as we sit here right now. Yeah, so if he is cut, that would, I think, qualify to John's question. Uh, John also asked, will Tomlin open up the passing offense to an extent, but it's still going to be a run-focused offense. There's no question about that, John. Yeah, you hope that you run well so you can open it right. up a little bit more. You know Exactly. Uh, before I get to the next question, I want you guys, many people have already read this. It's a very popular post on the site, but check out this article that Dave wrote yesterday explaining some of the contractual nuances and nitty-gritty of why Joey Porter Jr. remains unsigned, how that relates to Titans quarterback Will Levis, the 33rd pick of the 2023 NFL Draft. It's certainly uh, valuable information, so I encourage you guys to check that out. Go to the questions here. More of a comment from, and I apologize if I mispronounced the name. Uh, uh, Atodeso Leahy says, Big Ken going to ball out despite Matt Canada's crap offense. So there's a, a declaration there. Andrew Vallett with a, a funny comment. If Cam gets injured, God forbid, you think Paul Skeens could fill in. He's a big guy. I know you made that joke about boy, inside backer. He? Yeah, get him off ball in Pittsburgh, Dave. Yeah, yeah, he's what is he? 64 what? Uh, I think he's listed like 65 250, 66 250. Hmm. I forget the exact measurables, but he is a he's a house. I think I think uh, people said Strasburg. I think he's Garrett Cole. He's built like Garrett Cole. Yeah, he's he's a big kid, man. All right, next question comes from 
spool the boost? Uh, are we comfortable with our inside linebacker spots? Comfort is not the word I would use. I think it's an uncertain group. They've certainly changed it over. It's in almost entirely a brand new room besides Mark Robinson, who may not have a lot of defensive playing time this year. So I am lukewarm on the room, but we'll see what happens. I'm in the uh, show me uh, stage where where it comes to these ads. And look, I mean, Holcomb, when he's been healthy, we've seen him, you know, uh, with with Washington make some plays. And he's a high effort, high motor guy. I think he's a smart player. Uh, I look forward to him, you know, potentially wearing that green dot and being the hub of communication. I think he he understands what he sees. Uh, From my understanding, he he communicates real well, but it all goes, you know, uh, what are they going to do on the field? And you just cannot, uh, with 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 how they're going to be dependent on this defense uh, in in 2023, you cannot have another season like we saw last year with with zero splash plays. I yeah. mean, you got you got to see some, you know, a uh, few interceptions, forced fumbles. You got to see those uh, tackles for losses uh, by by a couple of those inside linebacker guys. I mean, we've got to be talking. Uh, about one of those guys, at least once a game, about some sort of well, you know, he, okay, Holcomb had a uh, tackle for loss, and or or, or Roberts, and uh, you know, something along those lines. So uh, that's going to be, you know, the the the, the key element uh, w- within that because I mean they they've obviously overhauled that room for a reason. There, you don't want to get in a situation where you know you want you have to have Tanner Muse on the field or or even or if he makes it Nick Nick Kwiatkowski or anything along those lines. Obviously, the big hope everybody's got their fingers crossed that you know Mark Robinson will will make a big jump in his second season. But to hear you know Terrell Austin talk, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like there's there's a lot of plans to get him a, a lot of snaps. You know, mm-hmm. uh, at least right out of the shoot there. Now injuries, obviously, you know, obviously can change things. So uh, fingers crossed, I guess, is the best way to look at this inside linebacker room right now. Yeah, it's just too new to be comfortable, and the talent and the resumes of the guys they brought in aren't strong enough to make me incredibly optimistic. Uh, they've been down this road before, time and time and time again, and I'm afraid they're going to do it again. But we'll just let them let them play it out. Uh, Brian Jonker says, guys, I am insanely optimistic for our offense, and I think Canada will be the big difference. Don't laugh. I recently heard Canada was on fire, and I swear I could smell the smoke up here in New York State. That's a a good dad joke from Brian Jonker. You didn't get any of the, the Canadian smoke out there in Vegas, right, Dave? No, no, no. We didn't. We didn't get any of that. We got a bad in Pittsburgh. One day I went outside. I mean, it, it smelled like somebody was burning something next door. I mean, it was like that oh. intense. So it's cleared up now. But yeah, pretty crazy there. Steel Pastor Dave and Alex, just a thought. How about keeping an ongoing record post that has certain teams uh, team statistics that are frequently used by the staff? In other words, a game by game and season to date. I'm not entirely sure what you mean by that in terms of. Uh, certain team stats. Can you give an example of what you're referencing? I don't know, Dave, if you can make more uh, clarity of that. I mean, I, I guess he's wanting things like, 
you know, net yards for passing attempt, but I, we usually do updates, right? You know, it's not, uh, when you get into adjusting net yards for passing attempt anyway, the, the, the clarity really doesn't come about with that statistic until you get, uh, volume in there, six, seven yeah. games. So, uh, you know, obviously you can look at it on a game by game basis and probably, uh, just looking at that stat alone, uh, for, for both sides, probably determine who won the game, uh, but not all the time. Uh, but, but within that, you don't, that, that stat really doesn't, you know, start showing itself until you get some volume in there. So I usually start picking that one up around week seven or, or week eight, right around in there. Now, obviously successful run rates and all like that. I mean, look, we, we've got Clayton on staff and, you know, he'll be doing updates throughout mm-hmm. the, you know, posts throughout the week on certain statistics and, and things that we'd like to follow with advanced stats. So to have just one page that constantly has a running uh, uh, tab on it, you know, probably not going to happen. We'll talk about a lot of these stats every week on the podcast, though, you know. Right, right. I mean, sometimes the week by week minutia isn't enough because it may change dramatically based on either small sample size or just not a lot of movement if it's kind of more consistent. But um, if there's a follow-up to that steel pastor, then I can, can maybe understand it a, a bit more. Look, here's the things you want to watch for. Successful run rates, explosive plays, adjusted net yards for passing attempt. I mean, if, you, if you're talking on, uh, especially on the offensive side of football, uh, th- those are going to be key for this team. I mean, yep. you know, obviously really any NFL season, but, you know, coming out of the season that they had last year, you got a second year quarterback. Uh, you look at the explosive plays last year. You look at uh, Kenny's adjusted net yards for passing attempts stat. Uh, successful run rates were okay. I mean, they obviously are going to have to be better if they want to open this thing up, ha- have a lot more opportunities maybe to not only open it up more, but maybe attack more of the middle of the field type situation there. But, uh, that's going to be probably the, the, the you know the primary focus. And obviously, as Alex likes to say, Alex is a big situational football guy. You know, uh, and third and fourth down and short. Really, last year they 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 were good. So mm-hmm. you know, you hope hope to see a carryover of 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 the success that they had in third and fourth uh, down and short situations. There, red zone without a doubt. You know, you you would think. Uh, that this team's going to need to convert more times and not touchdowns instead of field goals uh, to 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 get out of field. These ball games would wins. A couple of comments here from the chat, and appreciate you guys hanging out with us on this uh, pretty quiet July Monday. Vegas TJG says, "Hella Steeler fans live in Vegas. Can you confirm, Dave? Are there Hella Steeler fans in Vegas?" Oh yeah, look, I mean they've got uh they've got a uh a Steelers sports bar over there on Tropicana, Nor- Noreen's over there and uh you know Vegas has become, you know, kind of a melting pot if you will of 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 people across the country. I mean there's a lot of people uh you know since since we even moved out here seven half seven years ago something like that. Uh more and more people are coming to this area, people from California and I mean, you you don't really leave the house without seeing some sort of Pittsburgh gear, really. Gotcha, gotcha. Dead Planet says, can't wait for camp. You and me both, Dead Planet. Spool Boo says, I want Mark Robinson to play a lot. You and me both as well. I don't think we're going to get our wish based on Terrell Austin's comments and the signing of Nick Kwiatkowski, but we'll see. As Dave said, injuries can impact the team and radically change their outlook pretty quickly. So, you know, just see what happens there. Brian Jonker, is George Pickens going to be the number one by the end of the season? I'm not 
crazy about who's number one versus number two. You're both starters. If you're asking, will Pickens have more production, outproduce Deontay by the end of the year? I think the roles will be Pickens will be close in yards, more big plays, better yards per catch. Deontay will still have the volume, though, just given the more full route tree that he has. Pickens will expand his route tree, but not to the level that Deontay's currently at. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think uh, Johnson gets them in receptions, and I think Pickens might be able to out out outdo them in 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 yardage. And then, you know, as far as touchdown goes, I mean, obviously Deontay didn't have any last year. You want to see him get on the board uh, for a few of them. But uh, I would be surprised if either one of them hit double digit touchdowns. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they both could be pretty. I think they both will be uh, about one or two off of each other in the touchdown totals. Yeah, the passing touchdown numbers were not pretty last year. Only one multi-passing touchdown game all of last year that was against Tampa Bay. The last time that one Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback has thrown multiple touchdown passes in a game was week 14 of 2020. Well, I'm getting the stat wrong. I want to say, I got to double check the stat, but... Um, it's been a while in terms of like multi-touchdown performances, I think. I I, I want to correct myself here. But point is, not a lot of passing touchdowns last season. Um, I'm, I forget, I had a stat with something, and I'm, I don't know if I'm even saying it correctly because I was researching something and writing about that. Um, but anyway, we'll, uh, we'll move on here um, and go to the question from Mike Adesso. Who is the Steelers' Paul Skeens? They don't seem to have any young generational talent, maybe picking someday. Yeah, I would say Pickens might be the closest in terms of that freaky athlete kind of dude, but there probably isn't anybody as generational, quote-unquote, as, um, you know, where Skeens is at, Broderick Jones. The upside is really interesting. Same with Porter and Washington, but that's a hard comparison to make. Yeah, that, that is tough. Vegas TJG says Dick LeBeau was on BMAC show. He was. Wrote about that. You see it here on the website. So Coach still looks really good. Um, he doesn't, he does not look his age. That's for sure. So that was a really good interview from, uh, Brian McFadden. Still sharp too, with yep. the memory and all boy, he can, he can tell those stories. Yes, he can. Uh, really good interview. Be sure to, uh, to check it out on his, uh, his channel, the all things cover podcast. Uh, let's see. Jared says he looks for Connor. He were to have some big relevant plays. Cooking knee says, is there a player that you were sure was going to be great, but you Thought never got a fair chance in the NFL. That's kind of a big picture question. Oh, wow. Any names coming to mind immediately, Dave? Oh. Guy you thought was going to be the guy and didn't get a fair shot to work out. Man, put on the spotlight. I could probably come up with, <laughs> if I sat for for an hour to think about it, probably, you know, easily probably 20 of them. But uh, off the cuff right now, I, 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 I really can't. Uh, just recall anybody really as of late, you know, that, that, that kind of fits that criteria. I'm sure there are some, but I, I just can't think any of any off, off the top of the head there. The only, well, I shouldn't say the only, the first name that came to mind for me was a quarterback that I'm sure nobody remembers. His name was Nathan Enderley. He was the pride oh. of Idaho, great quarterback for the Idaho Vandals when they were relevant before they went down to FCS and people roll for, potatoes, roll potatoes in the Kimmy dome. Amen to that. People forget in the, it was the 2011 lockout or 2010 lockout, whatever the lockout year was. 
people thought, ah, it wasn't too bad. They didn't really miss any time. There was one game that year canceled. It was the Hall of Fame game. It was the game Ender Lee was supposed to play in. It was canceled. Never got a shot because of it. He was with Mike Morris. I think he would have had a great career just if he could have had some opportunity. I'm still mad that the one game that got canceled in that lockout was the Hall of Fame game. Never got to see Ender Lee play, and uh, he never had a career. So that's the the one name that still burns deeply, only never got a fair chance uh, comment. Uh, Ross Swisher, my friend, if you make one more comment about Pickett, we've kind of been down this road before. We're going to have to kick you out here uh, for uh, we get your, your stance on that. So that is the, the, the one warning we'll give here uh, in the chat, and then we'll go back to the questions. Uh, Alex, we'll be keeping a close eye on the fullback position. That's from John Pennington. I will be. I'll be keeping a close eye on everything, on Connor Hayward, on Monty Potterbaum, on that group. So uh, how many reps they get, you know, we'll have to see. Potterbaum's reps could be hard to come by, but uh, I'll be watching for that. Mike Adesso, if you were told Omar is going to make a trade for a spot on the 53, Kevin Quobert tradition with a fifth-round pick, what position would you hope it would be for, Dave? If you could basically upgrade one spot, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but what uh, what position would it be for? I mean, if we're talking on, on a budget as well, too, we're talking, you know, kind of lower, because, look, any time that they, they make, you know, these, unless some, you know, several years ago, what, Joe Hayden was cut and came on the market late, and they obviously uh, uh, was able to sign him. But if we're talking about uh, trade-type situations, they're usually, you know, not overly flashy unless you get into a C, you know, get couple games into the season like they did with Minka, Minka several years ago or like that. I mean, my, I've been talking about backup center all off season. Yep, I knew you were going you know? there. Yep. Uh, it just, it, it, and, and look, history says that one or two guys that will end up on the 53 man roster aren't currently under contract right now. And that, if you look back at the trend of that going all the way back to what did I, what did I run it back to 2012 or something like that. And I think only one year was it 18, 2018 or 19 that they didn't uh, have, have one of those instances there. So I feel pretty confident that somebody that's not on this 90 man roster right now is, is going to end up on the 53 man roster. And I, I just can't help but think that it's going to end up being a center, a backup center. It's hard to disagree with that. I don't know what other position slot corner maybe if you could find a you know there's nothing in free agency. You already signed your guy in Chandon Sullivan. Maybe a trade option. So I'll just be different and say slot corner. But I think backup center makes a ton of sense there. And I'm with you there, Dave. Uh, let's see what else we have. That's from K Jackson. K Jackson Pittsburgh. I'm glad to hear from you again. It's been a little bit. Says if the Steelers' offense somehow falters early on, do you think they will take away Canada's play calling duties? Pickett is in year two, and a new offensive line should allow a more versatile attack, shouldn't it? It's all speculation. Depends on why. Is it injury? Is it really truly bad play calling? Is it more player coaching based? I'm not going to rule it out, but it is just a hard hypothetical to entertain that it's hard to give an answer. Yeah, it's very hard, especially, you know, this team doesn't have obviously a history of firing guys, you know, uh, coordinators once a season uh, gets underway there. So I I would imagine it would have to be pretty damn awful uh, to get anywhere near that discussion early on in the season. 
John D. Hi, guys. Love your podcast. I listen every week. Thank you so much, John. Late question on the picket wedding, but do you think even do you even think Kenny considered inviting Ben? LOL. I have no idea what the uh, the, the wedding guest list looked like. I know Ben obviously I don't believe was there. I don't know if he was ever in consideration. Um, probably not enough time. Those guys have known each other to uh, to offer the invite to the wedding. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I know they talked about having, you know, starting off and, and as it is pretty much with everybody, right? You start off with a, a big list and you have to try to whittle that thing down. Uh, I I don't know if he invited him or not. I, I, I really don't know. I'm not even sure how many Steelers were there. I mean, I'm sure I know somewhere. I know Calvin Austin had a video. I'm, I'm there was sure a handful a of them there for yeah. sure. Yeah. W- was I mean, there any, like, was Cam offensive. there? Was Trubisky there? I don't know if I saw any photos of those guys. I think Trubisky was there, right? They I mean, seem to show up yeah, in everything. They, wiser. I mean, I'm sure they were there. I just never saw a photo of, of them. Yeah. I think, what, Gent- wasn't Gentry and Firemuth there? And, okay. Uh, I think Austin and... Yeah, I don't know who all was there. All right. Um, let's see. Next question comes comes from Pittsburgh Toddy eighty six. If God forbid Kenny trips up coming out of the gate, how many subpar games would it take for the Steelers to bench him? Again, it's another hypo- hypothetical that's hard to entertain. He's going to have a long leash. I mean, it's not going to be a quick pull like Trubisky. So I don't know what that number is, but he's going to have a lot of margin. Oh yeah, absolutely. It would have. I. I. It would have to be. I think him not being 100% healthy from whatever, you know, if he has anything going on, uh, for him, for him to get benched. And I mean, he would really have to have some bad, bad, bad games, uh, in there. As Alex said, I mean, you got, I mean, he's in the second season. I mean, you got to give him a little bit of le- uh, of a leash and, and, uh, the ability, you know, God forbid he has, you know, some, an awful game or whatever. You gotta have, you gotta give him the ability to bounce back from that, right. you know, to find out what he's made of and all like that. So, uh, I mean, he's their quarterback, uh, uh, and if he's healthy, he's going to be out there. Yep. Uh, that's basically all that there is to it. Uh, let me scroll back up. Mark Miller with a comment. If I win the Powerball, can I be your free assistant in Latrobe? If I sponsor you, I can hold the umbrella and fetch cold drinks. Uh, I appreciate you can do that. that for free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he say, he's offering for free, but I guess he's winning the Powerball, yeah. so he doesn't have to uh, yeah. to go to his job. But uh, uh, I think I'm okay. Um, I, I don't even have an umbrella. I never bring an umbrella because you can't write and hold an umbrella, so you just got to get soaked. I mean, that's just uh, the way training camp goes. Always bring a towel. <laughs> All right, a little towely, little towely in the chat here. One of the 64 people here. So, K. Jackson, Pittsburgh, another question. Uh, since the Steelers seem to be turning over every stone, what do you think about them bringing in Matt Ariza as competition for Presley Harvin? That's the punter that's now been exonerated on the allegations against him. Imagine he'll be back in the NFL at some point. But they bring in Braden Mann off a waiver claim. I think those two guys will battle it out. So, understand the thought. I was a big Ariza fan, the punt god coming out of SDSU. But I think it's going to be Mann versus Harvin. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think they're going to let those guys battle it out. Whoever wins, they go into the season with. But within that, you know, they've got to have consistency. So whoever wins the job might not might not keep the job, you know. Uh, And then maybe if a guy like Ariza's, you know, out there at that point, maybe you maybe you look at that situation. But right now, it it, it feels like it's going to be either or uh, with with Harvin and and man and then once again whoever wins that job i hope i hope they're rent renting 
you know, at least for for uh, for the 2023 season because they they've they've got to get some more consistent. Both these both both Man and Harvin have big legs. You know, yep. we we we've seen that. But the thing is, is it's been a consistency issue with both of them. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Man was was claimed because they're kind of the same dude, Harvin right. and Man, like big leg. Kind of been consistent. Ray Guy, award winners in college. I mean, there's a bit of difference. I think Harvin's a really exceptional holder. Man can do kickoffs, but they're pretty similar. So it's kind of redundant to have those guys battle. But again, it's it's good. There's competition. There really was no push for Harvin last year. And Harvin did get better last year. So it's good to say that out loud. But that'll be the battle in camp. It'll be Man versus Harvin. Uh, by the way, I have this uh, photo on screen. Mike Adams. I knew he lost a bunch of weight, but really hadn't heard him in an interview uh, setting in since he retired, basically. I had so. to do a double take on yeah. him again. And, and I saw a couple of years back where he was trying to make the move to tight end or something like that. No, right. he looks like a, he, he's, he, hey, here's the thing. He still looks young. Good for him. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And very scary uh, story he had told about the stabbing. Cause we didn't know those. I mean, we knew, obviously, whenever he had that, that stabbing, he was stabbed, I should say. Like, it was bad. But I don't know if we knew the details about how bad it was. And did you know he had a hernia that, that year in 2013 that, because I never, I, I tried to go back on the site to see about that. I didn't see any mm. reference to it. So it's one of those things where you never know what a what a guy's going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, very generous $20 super chat from Andrew Spriggs. Thank you so much. He says, what is the counter argument to the salary cap isn't real? Friend is a Saints fan, and I'm sure you guys are aware of the constant restructuring the Saints do every year to comply. We are. I can let Dave run with this more. My short answer to this question, and we appreciate the super chat, is the cap is real. It's just very malleable. It's very flexible and can be massaged to basically do whatever you want. But the cap is real. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it it is real. And at some point, you have to account for every cap dollar, you know. So that's what makes it real in, in and of itself. The other aspect of it, too, is a lot of people forget that there's really two Two, two discussions here. There's cash and then there's cap. And teams have to uh, spend over a three-year period at least 90% of the league's total cap total over that three-year span in cash and how they go about doing it. Because, look, if you give a guy, a, a, he might, let's say a guy has uh, a, a, a base salary of a million dollars in 2023, but you give him a signing bonus of, let's say, $10 million that obviously gets spread out over how, you know, the maximum is five years if he's under contract that long. Uh, but for the length of the contract against the cap, that 10 million goes into 2023 as a cash expenditure, whereas it doesn't show up as a cash expenditure in, 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 in the other years there. But sooner or later, you have to account for every cap dollar uh, that, you know, that, uh, that, that you spend there. It does, it doesn't go away. Now, obviously uh, you got to remember that, you know, a lot of these contracts aren't guaranteed, but I mean, for every, you know, for even for the non guaranteed players, the game check that they have, Let's say they 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 last. Let's, let's say they're on a non-guaranteed contract, uh, and it's just a one-year deal, and you didn't give them any signing bonus, but they played for three three games. Well, whatever their three game checks were goes against the cap, you know, before mm-hmm. before you cut them there. So it very much is real. And then you know you look at the Saints and what they had to do. Uh, 
especially they got themselves in a world of hurt, you know, in, 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 in the COVID year, man, how many players did they restructure that year? Nine, 10, um, something yeah. like, th- like that. And then obviously I think, you know, somewhere within there, you had the, uh, the breeze, uh, retirement, they had to do something, uh, rearrange some money on there. And you know, I think they're, 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 uh, after this year, I, I think they've got one more year to try to get themselves kind of out of the weeds when it comes to that uh, situation there. So uh, the fact of the matter is it, it it doesn't go away. And the way you help get yourself through these situations of the restructures and all like that is to have these players play out the contracts, mm-hmm. you know, right. where you get in trouble is where you restructure. Or, well, where you get in trouble is a situation like you have with stuff on to it, you know? Right. Yeah, that's a great point. So the Saints, yeah, I mean, you can work, you can make it work, but the rent comes due at some point. So that, that's that's the old that's the old can kicking that you talk about a lot. Uh, one other kind of question related to that, I want to throw back at you there, Dave, from David Kapoor, who says NFL cap is way better than the non-cap in baseball. Um, don't you think that's why the NFL is so much more competitive? What are your quick thoughts on? Do you prefer oh, yeah. the cap? Absolutely, I do. I love it. I love every aspect of it. I love. Why well, in uh, relation to like baseball? Not is it better for like if football didn't have a cap? Would the game be better or worse? I I think it'd be worse because you because you're smart because if you had you know are you putting a cash expenditure on top of it you know which is essentially still a cap right it's just uh, I mean you're capping spending I mean if you had uncapped spending in the NFL, you'd have teams with the owners that had the most, had the deepest pockets spending the most on the players, which essentially you have happening in, 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 in baseball. Right. Uh, Right. uh, I think, I think you look at the leagues that have uh, salary caps and uh, I think at least you have chances on, you know, year to year basis of your team. If they do things right, potentially winning a championship and then in baseball you have situations where you have the pirates and the oakland a's and uh, along those lines where they're super super dependent on uh talent coming through the farm system and and coaching right yeah and you're seeing those leaks try to put some consequences to those big market teams in basketball there's the Second apron, which I don't know what that is exactly, but I think it's some sort of constraint. And I think in uh, in baseball, there's some, you know, th- there's teams that are falling in the draft order if they spend X amount over what whatever the the numbers are. And so there's kind of those those leaks trying to rein those teams in a bit because they're realizing how quickly things can get out of hand. Hey, look, and and you know, uh, back to. Back to it, you know, when you talk about, I know just a tiny bit about NHL salary cap enough to be dangerous on the whole average, you know, I don't completely understand why they do it the way that, that they do it, but uh, uh, it's still, it's, it's still a cap system in place there, but whoever came up, I mean, whoever was the, the, the people that put the, the, the NFL salary cap together, so it can be kind of massaged uh on a year to year basis and yet still have you know cap uh exp- you know the 90% rule uh in place when it comes to cash uh i mean there's nothing really to prevent teams from from overspending in cash right but right but you know revenues i mean th- you're also running a business on top of it so uh and and within that though a, a salary cap really prevents a team in one off season of going 
crazy or mm-hmm. i mean or, or the the craziest that maybe you'll see it in in, in recent history is what the rams did right, right. uh where they kind of went all in and now now look uh you know at, at, at the situation they're they're in so uh i love everything about the way the steeler i mean the uh, the nfl does uh the cash and the cap and and everything related to it i think it it's just a masterful job of whoever put that original plan together there's got to be a book about the masterminds behind how that came together. I don't know where to start yeah, on there, that. You know, yeah, and you can't really find a lot about, no. you know, the 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 creation, the actual creation of it, even back in the old newspapers. And mm. you know, because I've got a subscription to newspapers.com and use that quite regularly for research. But it's it's hard to find. You know, hist- other than it coming into existence, as as to the bells and whistles of how how what went into actually creating it and why. Yeah, yeah it would be a really good story. Hopefully, we can find someone someday that can help tell it. Uh, I want to get through some questions here. Got another five dollar super chat from DTG one hundred eight. Thank you so much. He says, "Hey Alex, coming to the Berg with a buddy for the first time in September. Need some food recommendations besides Permanis. I'm not the best Pittsburgh tour guide, to be honest. I mean, there's some good steakhouses. Pamela's for breakfast is something to go to. Um, not that it's uh, a restaurant, but Sheets. Never been to Sheets before. Um, you got to go. <laughs> I mean, that's just good. Like, it's gas station food, but it's good gas station food. So there's a bunch of places down there. I would say Pamela's, though, for uh, for breakfast. I think it's I think it's open still. There's maybe some controversy or some um, question there. I, I might be wrong, but... Uh, I'm sure your uh, your buddy can help you out there too. But thank you for the and, super and chat. And David O, David O knows you know even though he doesn't live there, he's there enough that he knows probably the places to go and things to do yeah. and see. Hit up Subburger on Twitter, and he can probably give you some additional information. All right, day about ten minutes left. Thank you guys for being here. Let's get through these couple of uh, questions. Jay Gilliam says. What ratio do you think would be optimal for splitting rushing carries between Najee and? Jalen, I don't have a particular number. I mean, I think, you know, Harris will be primary, will be first and second down guy primarily. Warren, third down guy. Warren will mix in in some first and second down opportunities. So, you know, two thirds to one third roughly would be my first stop, but I'm not married to a particular set of numbers. Yeah, I think it's flow of the game plays yeah. a lot in that as well, too. Obviously, down in distance and, you know, how many times did you have to run Najee in the first half of a game? Uh, all those little things will come into it. But I think, you know, some – I mean, I, I, I got to admit, you know, I would like to see the ball get put in Jalen Warren's hands a few more times uh, in, in his second season. And I think there's a decent chance of that happening. You know, he's obviously the more, uh, the more explosive, especially I think, you know, in the passing game, if you got him, uh, the football out in space, uh, you know, potentially he could, he could, he could pick up a few more explosive plays overall, but I mean, he still touched the football, what 77 times on the ground and 28, uh, 28 through the air, uh, last season. So that's, that's not awful, especially for him being a rookie, uh, can, can you up that by about, I don't know, 15 more touches, I mean, or 17 more touches, one more touch a game. I, I think that's doable. Yeah. Especially for how, you know, run heavy and run centric and get the ball in the hands of the running backs. This offense will be Jason says, uh, our friend Jason says, hello, Dallas. Yes. Vegas is a big Steelers town, but there have always been lots of fans of AFC and NFC West teams too. I'm sure, I'm sure Dave can, mm-hmm. can speak to that, but of course you would oh, expect that mel- out it's West. It's a melting pot. Yeah. Yeah. It's just more uncommon to see the East Coast-ish teams out in 
the west side of the country. But yeah, I'm sure there's a... What do you think, besides the Raiders and Steelers, is there a third team that kind of gets represented a lot? The Cardinals, maybe? Or the Chargers? I wouldn't, there are not many Chargers fans, but what do you think is kind of third place? Out there? Nah, I, I, I think it's just a smattering of... Uh, you know, okay. Nothing really has stuck out other than, obviously, Raiders and Steelers stuff. And Steelers, for obvious reasons, because it's, you know, yeah. obviously, what we do is recognizable <laughs> and all like that. And obviously, this being being the Raiders town and all like that. But I, I can't say that, that, you know, one fan base sticks out. Uh, the, the, I mean, you know, playoff, you know, the Eagle... All of them come through here, really. I mean, depending on what's going on in the playoffs, you know, I'm sure uh, fan bases will get a group of guys or girls together and and make a trip out here for a playoff game or regular season game. So it's just a smattering. Zachary says, what are the main factors holding Kenny back from taking a second-year jump similar to Trevor Lawrence last season since you think sub-20 touchdowns, sub-3,500 yards? I think he can make a jump similar it's just the offense won't be as pass-heavy. It won't be as much in Pickett's hands as it was probably with Lawrence last year. So if you were to extrapolate, I don't know how many passes Lawrence threw last year, 600 or so. If you if you go to that point, you may get some some numbers that are similar. But, I mean, I think Lawrence threw, what, 25 touchdowns. The yards might have been up a bit. But if Pickett throws 20 and 3,500, he's not that far off from where Lawrence right. was in year two. And, again, this is going to be a more run-heavy offense, and that's kind of the difference between those two guys. Yeah, look, the biggest thing with him is, you know, once again, don't turn the football over and and uh, play good situational football. Uh, I do think that they're going to be have, you know, a, a lot more geared to run in uh, down low in the low red zone and all like that. Uh, look, you go back to once again, you go back to Roth- Roethlisberger's second season. You know, uh, uh, you know, he didn't light it up when it came to touchdown passes, but they still won. You know, right. right. Uh, you. You know, I, I think here, here's the thing His when it's all said and done, I, I care less about the yards mm-hmm. uh, and the total touchdowns as much as I do, you know, I, uh, the adjusted net yards for passing attempt number. He can't get sacked. He can't throw interceptions if he if he's not do if he's not getting sacked and he's not throwing interceptions, then the rest really should take care of itself as long as other people are, you know, as long as they're not going three and out, you know, and and, and only running uh, only having, you know, seven possessions a, a game and not, you know, not not moving the football down the field there. But I mean, if he's not getting sacked and he's not throwing interceptions, I think everything else will, 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 will take care of itself. And especially if they're running the football. So can they win? Can they win uh, 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 10 games in 2023 if Kenny Pickett only throws 18 touchdowns and. 3,500 yards. The answer is yes, especially if they get the defensive play that they're hoping uh, to get and they're a- a- able to run the football. So I wouldn't put too much inf- – the, the, the statistic I would put emphasis on is the adjusted net yards for passing attempt number. That's got to in- improve over last year's number. Right, and hopefully if Pittsburgh's you know, winning late, they can run late, and you're not asking Kenny Pickett to go on a bunch of late fourth-quarter drives where the stats come up. I mean, the, the Jacksonville was really bad the first half of last year like Pittsburgh they just were a little bit less bad and they kind of turned things around as well and, and and their offense picked back up so Lawrence got some production because they're probably playing catch up a lot that first half of the season uh let's see K Jackson Darnell Washington should be utilized as a red zone target with the size and catch radius shouldn't he he should help us either blocking or receiving right yeah you're right I mean he's a big target he should be an asset in the red zone there's probably no 
No debate about that. Don't expect the guy to catch six touchdowns, but he can be a weapon down there if he wants to be targeted. What did he have? Three red zone uh, touchdowns in college, and it really is no through through no fault of it. I mean, he got all those weapons down there that they had yeah. and all like that. I mean, they had so many options uh, uh, on on offense there. And you know, the thing that kind of really hurt his draft stock overall was they had so many uh, you know outside you know beyond the supposed whatever you know, knee issue, uh, people, people, uh, uh, were talking about him. He didn't have a huge amount of, of receptions in college overall. He wasn't, uh, used that much in the red zone and team, you know, he was as a blocker, obviously. And that's obviously how he's going to make his mark initially in Pittsburgh here. But, uh, you know, can you do things with him down low? Can you have some two tight end uh, groupings with him and 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 Fryermuth, uh once you get down low and run some play action stuff? And, and look, you throw it anywhere in his uh, zip code. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing, you know, there was one catch. Who was it against? Was it uh, LSU or no? No, it was uh, like, is Kent, it Kent, Kent State? State. Yeah, the one yeah. someone like got on you yeah. for like, oh, what? It's against Kent State. It's like a beautiful one handed yeah. catch. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we we've seen him have. You know, he has body control, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he can make some tough catches. And, man, there were a couple of them that, uh, uh, you know, he had to stick them long arms out there and get and all like that. So, uh, I mean, obviously, Pat Fryermuth's going to be your primary receiving tight end. But uh, uh, long story short, I, I won't be shocked if he comes out of his rookie season with two or three two or three touchdown receptions sure i'm with you there just a couple minutes left we'll kind of speed through the last set of questions k jackson k jackson i keep saying that uh mushmouth i'm sorry says what chance would you give the steelers to win the afc north this year uh not zero but low but they'll be competitive and hopefully make a a wild card spot but i think the Bengals are still going to be the obvious favorites there yeah look i mean it it's hard, you know, unless you're just flat out biased, it's hard to, from where we sit right now uh, with these teams to, to emphatically say the Steelers are going to win the division. Now things happen uh, as we've seen in the past in, in NFL seasons. I really think that it, it's, it's the Bengals. And I really think it's, it's the, the, the group where other three teams are just really tightly uh, knit together. And as, as we pointed out several times, you know, this division last year went three and three against each other across the board. Yep. And, you know, I think it's, it would be mighty. I wouldn't expect that to happen in again, just because the chances of, of, of four teams going three and three within a division, uh, especially back-to-back seasons is, 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 you know, the chances of that happening is just really, really low there, but I could see, uh, I, I could see it being close in the division with, uh, Baltimore, Cleveland and, and, and the Steelers all battling for, for second place. Sure. The Bengals have earned the right to be the favorites. Pittsburgh can knock them off, but they have to take it from them. They got to prove it. And so that's what they'll try to do in 2023. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Chilla 21, Dave always has the fire references. Put it in reverse, Terry. Uh, you tweeted that or said that the other day. I still don't know what that exactly that is. Oh, you, I think you might have explained it, but that is yeah. uh, that is your Dave saying. Look, uh, not bad for 55 staying in touch with uh, <laughs> how do you do? How do you do, fellow kids? Right. Although Chilla 21 could be as old as you. We're not quite sure. I think he's I don't know. probably I'm in starting your age to see group. some stuff on the Internet now, though, and, and TV and all that. I don't know <laughs> what what it means. I have to I, I Google a lot of this stuff nowadays. <laughs> I don't know any of the music artists anymore. That's how old I, that's I don't how know. I know I'm getting old. I like I don't know who this new rapper is like he's doing this award show. Never heard of this guy. That's how I know I'm getting old. 
Zach says, what are we thinking of the chances of a vet linebacker and or a slot corner still being added? Vet linebacker, less likely slot corner. I could see a cut downs, waiver trade, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. I don't think I don't think those positions get added to prior to training camp. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, let's see if we have uh, Kevin, the Elder God. Good to hear from you. Uh, do you feel there's a particular position surplus that we could flip for a position of need? And if so, what position would it be? What do you think Pittsburgh's heavy at right now, Dave? Where they're heavy at, what, positionally? Yeah, where they have kind of a surplus where they could, you know, guard maybe, for example, a Kevin Dotson gets flipped. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, offensive line. I mean, w- w- without a doubt. I mean, if there's a player that's dealt last minute, uh, uh, you know, that later on this summer, you know, it, it could potentially be a Kevin Dotson or something like that. Uh, uh, outside of the center position, I mean, they're, they're, you know, there's a lot better depth on, on this team, or at least perceivable depth as we sit here right now. I mean, thank God this team didn't have to get into Jesse Davis and Trent you know, Scott. The, yeah, yeah. Trent Scott last year and all like that. And it allowed that, you know, uh, the byproduct of, of that was, you know, the ones that they did have uh, were able to gel and all like that. And also, uh, yeah, I would, I would, and, and, and they made it clear in, in the press conferences that the intention was to, 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 to have a presence and, and, and have an identity on the offensive uh, side of football with that line. And, and it feels like they have that right now. Uh, don't have really time to have a full in-depth conversation, but you know, obviously, offense line there is some depth, which is a stark contrast from where they were at just two years ago. But do you want to trade good offensive line depth because it just takes a couple injuries and you regret it? Remember when they had good quarterback depth when they traded Josh Dobbs, and then a week later, Ben's out for the year in 2019. You wish you would have held on to Josh Dobbs in some sense. So do you trade? Do you trade away quality offensive alignment or good offensive line depth? And just hope that group stays healthy enough. Well, I mean, you, you also have to trade all two of the, you know, it's, it's two, you know, two point seven million that that Dotson. Sure. That's a that's a lot to uh, sure. pay a backup, or maybe you can put it uh, uh, somewhere else on top of it there. So there, there's a trade off of what what are you getting back in return? I mean, I'm not sure. just going to trade them for a bag of footballs and a seventh round pick, but you know, if I could get a fifth or something like that, I, I'd certainly consider it, assuming everybody stays healthy up until that point. Could, could you do something and end up getting a center out of it, a backup center out of it, you know, something right. along those lines, maybe a, a slot corner or something along those lines. So I, I'm, I'm not just doing it to do it. Uh, I would have to make sense on, on what I'm getting back in return, but I, I, I see the point, but there, you know, salary is a variable in this as well, too. Right, that's fair, and I'm just thinking out loud. I mean, I think it's certainly plausible, uh, and, and more likely, the most likely thing that could happen will be a Dotson trade, but uh, we'll see how the group looks in training camp. Uh, just rapid fire here really quickly, Mr. Spaceman, how quickly do you see Nick Herbig, the Marvin Leal, solidifying their role in the defense? It's still to be determined, Herbig as a rookie, get in the special teams, go from there, Leal, I still don't know what's going to happen with him in terms of solidifying anything so it's kind of wait and see mode there yeah look i mean i'd be surprised if herbig played many defensive snaps barring injuries you know uh he's going to be a special teams demon however and Leal, we we sit and wait to see you know uh how they use him and how they can find a way to carve out snaps for him on top of it randy wagner says alex and dave thank you guys for the coverage it's amazing coverage thank you randy appreciate you always being in these live streams 
Uh, let's see. I saw Jeremy Nelson with Najee's great hands. I hate to see him off the field on third downs. Do you think Canada will be apt to line Najee up outside, maybe slot, and keep Warren in the backfield? It'll be it's the old pony question. This is kind of more towards third down, maybe in some third and short, third and three type moments. But you got a bunch of receivers out there you want to play too. So if you keep a Najee on, keeping two backs on, you're taking one of those guys off. There'll be some flexibility, but that would be I think a pretty rare instance. Yeah, I would imagine once you get to training camp, there'll be a practice or two where, where, there, are, where there are two running backs out there, yeah. and we'll have the annual uh, uh, pony backfield uh, uh, episode discussion and how <laughs> they won't use it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, looking forward to that uh, that conversation that we have each year. Who do you want as OC if Canada stinks it up? I have no idea. That's a million miles away. We'll, we'll cross that bridge if and when we come to it. And I think uh, there was a question. Do you think the first play of the preseason will be a Calvin Austin jet sweep? Probably not the first play, but you're going to see it, I'm sure, uh, throughout the summer. I'd like to put it in somebody's mind uh, uh, at some point. You know, Uh, hey, this is this is something that you better be. This is something the 49ers better put put in their defensive game plan to look for. So you'll see it. Uh, it wouldn't hurt my feelings to, to, I'd do it. I'd, I'd tend to do it more in the tune up game. Cause that, okay. you know, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I would do it that way and hopefully he rips one off for 25 yards and, uh, give somebody else something to think about. All right. That fair point. Definitely going to see it first play, probably dive up the middle is my guess on the first play. Pretty, pretty boring. Stack or starve. I like the defense a lot this year. Only worry is I'd the, run play action deep down the I field need, on the first play. You would do it on the second play and the third play and uh, the fourth play. Uh, uh, that give them something else saying, uh, Kenny ain't scared. You know, <laughs> they, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, that'd be the first play. Yeah, assuming I get the defense that I, you know, that, mm-hmm. that I can run it against and all like that. Uh, I, I wouldn't be scared of doing that. Uh, Stacker Starve worried about the linebackers in coverage, but thinks the offense may be stronger if they can move the ball uh, well this year. Yeah, that's the hope. I think this offense will be stronger than a year ago. Dead Planet says O-line is better, defense better. Kenny, not sure, but with those two aspects, there's no reason they can't target around 10 wins. Yeah, they won nine games last year with all the mess they had. The offense just Bumpy as heck, losing T.J. Watt for half the year. A pretty tough schedule, two miserable losses to Buffalo, to Philadelphia. So yeah, ten wins is certainly realistic. Yeah, you, 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 yeah. I, I would think that uh, that's an achievable goal from where we sit right now. All right, we're gonna wrap things up. Appreciate you guys being here. If you missed this, will be an archive version on Steelers Depot posted in just a little bit. So thank you guys for being here. Uh, one more stream before training camp begins and then we'll have them during training camps i believe the off days are mondays and so we'll be able to kind of fit these streams in going forward but again one more stream right before training camp opens up thank you guys for being here be sure to like the video and subscribe to the channel dave thank you for being here as always and thank you for putting this on good job as usual and thank you for everybody showing up peace and love everybody have a great night All right, thank you guys so much. Be sure to stay with the channel. Have some different content coming for you guys, some different videos uh, in the coming days and weeks. For those who follow my baseball game out of the park, there'll be a video coming up probably within a couple of days as well. So thank you.